0: Welcome to Northeast Divide podcast and a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to us once again. I'm John Lane and I'm once again joined by Anth and we're going to be reacting to Sutherland's defeat on Friday evening, which is starting to feel like a bit of a regular theme if I'm honest. Um, we'll also be talking about the transfer window for both clubs and previewing Sutherland's home fixture versus Stoke and Newcastle's trips to both Fulham and Aston Villa. Um, I know I mention this every week, but my big ask is that now you start listening, please listen till the end. It's going to help us grow in time. And I'd also ask you to leave any feedback you have from this podcast. And if you are enjoying our pods, please give us a five star rating in your podcast apps and follow us. And finally, we do welcome any feedback on either X, um, which obviously is formerly Twitter and Instagram. And we're at Northeast Divide. And feel free to give us a follow there, too. So let's get the show started anyway. And uh, Friday night football, probably the better side first half and somehow you come away with yet another home defeat. You've not won um since New Year's Day at the same light and you're now down to 10th in the league, but you're three points behind the playoff places. How are you feeling, mate? What's going on?
1: Slightly deflated. That was a snooze-fest and a half that as well on Friday night, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you know, well, I, know the, I, I know the Sky TV cameras love us because we've appeared more than most championship teams, but... Awful, absolutely awful. Um, Yeah, it it wasn't good. I mean, the statistics don't read well with regards to possession, etc. Shots on target and corner kicks. I think we had 58% possession, we had 42. Um, We had 15 shots, three on target. They had two shots, two on target. We had 12 corners, they had one. They scored, they won. And that's that, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) I I watched the first half, but I, I switched over to watch the traitors. Um, at nine o'clock on Friday. Don't blame me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, because I was, I was finding, you know, obviously as a Newcastle fan, like I, I, I don't necessarily find find those games easy to watch anyway. But, um, but no, I, I thought I'd give it a go, and you know, obviously, you know, in the in the interest of professionalism, you know, it's it, it's good to have a look at it. Um, there's loads of discourse about your manager, and it's just not going away. It's not, and uh, I'm still going to
1: give him a chance. I- I know he's had however many games in charge now, but I still don't see a game plan. I don't know what I don't know what tactics he's deciding on. I know he's trying to build from the back, which is, you know, I applaud that. Um, but look at Borough last night against Chelsea, faffing about with it at the back, and I think that's what we're doing. We're and we're dallying. We're not getting forward quick enough. The players look a little bit disinterested. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mowbray had them all... Working as a unit, yes. Sometimes we didn't quite perform, and yes, sometimes we didn't quite get the results. But he, he had them ticking. He had them working together. It was a harmonious atmosphere on the pitch, off the pitch. He was obviously like a, a father figure, a granddad style figure. In fact, he he <laughs> he, he gave them something, and um, and it was it was reciprocated because I had a lot of respect for him. Bale, though, however, I, I really don't know what's going on. He he just doesn't come across as very likable, does he?
0: no and there's rumors of all sorts of training ground bust-ups and um there's all like and you know this this is a thing you know like like anything you know it's a rumor isn't it but um the rumors tend to come out more when i mean i mean i remember when matt richie had that fight with um bruce at the training ground and it was all over the the press and um those rumors come out more when things aren't well and when the manager's not popular and um it's interesting that um, you know, keep your fans. Obviously, you did a really good job there. Obviously, he left the way he left there. You've mentioned before you felt you know didn't really sit right with you, and then he's gone to Rangers. Things haven't worked out there because he was second in um, in a world where you you've got to be first or or nowhere essentially, um, and then it, it just seemed a really odd time to bring him in. Uh, and, I, and I think the thing is, is ultimately, I think football fans know their club, don't they? And um and that's when they're going to start asking questions about, well, why have we made this, this decision? You know, we're doing well under Mowbray. I think Birmingham City is a really, you know, ironically, is a really good example of that, isn't it? They had a, a manager there that was doing a decent job. They're in the top six.
1: <clears throat>
0: These new owners come in think, right, let's, let's get a name. And they're bringing Wayne Rooney. And that just didn't work out. And they've gone with someone who's a bit more tried and tested in Mowbray. Um, and you know, I think we've said it before on, on this, haven't we? We, we feel like you'll probably do a good job there, but um, it, it also, though, he's only been there like seven or eight games. Like, is is it too soon to be calling for his head after this amount of time?
1: Yes, I think it is, John. To be honest with you, I mean the booing. Wow, it was pretty vocal. It was very loud. I think it was the most noise the crowd. Well, mm-hmm. our was made all night. I mean, the whole supporters were pretty vocal, so all credit to them. They travelled up on a Friday night. It's not cheap now. Going to an away game. Obviously, no however you travel by coach, you know the crack, don't you? How- however Hi. you travel by coach, train or whatever, um, it's difficult. So, all credit to Hull. They came away with the result. Uh, Cavallo, I said he was one to watch. He scored the goal, slight deflection. But they deserved it. Um, so, yeah, with regards to Bill, I mean, you told me a rumour last week after the Friday night football with regards to some fallout behind the scenes, how he he may have asked them to do some sort of, I don't know, dance. And apparently... Dance off or something. That was it, yeah. And I mean, obviously when you go to a new club, you're expected to sing a song. We've seen a lot of that Haven't when, you know, it's good bonding, it's good crack. I don't know if that is true, but if it is true, that's just horrific, isn't it? It's just awful. And see why the two players, I'll not name them allegedly if it did happen kicked off just yeah not good not good at all
0: yeah and, it, and actually you try to go into any club you try and build that know, and really, that's what Howe did when he came to Newcastle he built this like harmonious atmosphere um over you know and obviously that takes time to do but um it makes a massive difference you know you need that right dynamic in the, in the building otherwise things aren't going to work and you, you're not going to get people wanting to play for you um Right, so we ran a poll on uh, Northeast Divide um, Twitter page, and we basically had a result of seventy-one of, percent. It was only fifty-nine votes. Seventy-one percent are saying suck them now. Um, three point four percent are saying give them until you can't get into the playoffs, and I think re- realistically that's probably your target for this season. Um, and then twenty-five, just over twenty-five percent said let them start next season. I mean, of those three. Choices and what do you think the most likely? Uh,
1: but, well, he's got he's going to stay until the end of the season at the very least, isn't he? Because the owners don't want to admit that they've made a mistake. As if they have done, I don't know how it's going to play out. Like you say, he hasn't had many games in charge, and um, they won't admit they've made a mistake, will they? And um, they'll have egg on the faces, so and obviously, it's it, it's been common knowledge that he was second choice, so I. Uh, until the end of the season would be a realistic option for me, and even if even if we just miss out on the playoffs, I mean, we scraped scripting them last season. To be fair, I think we to the, the results weren't going well for us, um, and then we, we got in, and you know, so I, I don't know, I don't know. We've seen how sat in a manager and getting a new one in can upset the 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 apple cart and whatever or, or, you know. Spoil the flow of football, but to be fair, he hasn't really got us playing any flowing football. I don't know what we're doing at the moment, so but I think it's too soon to sack him. And, and I think the booing didn't help on Friday, it didn't help the players, to be fair. Um, so yeah, I'd give him till the end of the season and then see where we are.
0: I think we've all been in negative grounds, haven't we? Where I mean, I remember being um, at St James's uh, last day of the season against Cardiff. And um, Alan Pardew literally not being able to stand in his dugout because of the booze, and I remember that day thinking, "There's no way this guy stays in the job." And fair play to him, he stayed. He was there the summer, um, and then I think it was the following January when he went to Palace, or it was it was you know it was, or it might be in the back end of the uh, of that year, but it, it's. It's one of those where it sometimes it gets to a point where you're untenable as a manager. It just, but I think I'm with you. It feels a bit soon. You're only three points behind the playoffs. There's time for him to turn it around. And if he's trying to drill a different philosophy into these players, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's going to take some time, and he just needs to get them on on side. Now, I'll I'll move over to the black and white side of things. So. The great thing about a week off is that we couldn't lose a game this week. Um, <laughs> it's a nice change. Um, but it has given us a chance just to give players a week off and have some time away from the training ground and then a full week to train before... I did not know if you realise this, we're still in the FA Cup, Anthe. Um So we've got a fourth round tie on Saturday night. Excellent um, reminder there, John. Lovely joke, Yeah, made. Just, just couldn't, remember, <laughs> couldn't remember if I'd mentioned it or not. Um, but it has been far from a quiet week. Um, for us in that, so Javier Manquillo left the club. Now um, you may remember a former um, Red and White uh, before he joined Newcastle. Um, from a Sunderland perspective, what are your memories of Javier Manquillo and and but was that soured when he moved to Newcastle?
1: Oh, the moist season, so many joys to be taken from that. <laughs> um, yeah, he did. Um, he did. He played what twenty odd games for us. I think there was a a clause in the the contract, apparently, if he played 25 or thereabouts, that we would have had to pay about nine and a half million quid for him. I don't know if that's true or not. I know it's happened a lot of times in the past with Sunderland where we played players up to a certain point. I remember Darius Kabichi many years ago for Peter Reid and he was fantastic for us, but he was going to trigger a clause and he dropped him. Um, And I'll never forget that because he was one of my favourite players. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, he was was steady away, to be fair. He, He was... Pretty consistent, Um, didn't pull up trees. He did score a goal against Chelsea, I remember, down at Stamford Bridge. And w- what did, to be fair to him, he went to Newcastle. I wasn't bothered. I wasn't concerned at all, to be fair. But what did stick in the stick in the throat of it was with regards to how he described it as a bit of a nightmare at Sunderland. And I thought the fans took to him quite well. I don't know if he meant just the season under Moyes, which
0: uh, I not be described I'm- as a nightmare. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah. surely it's, it's more about that i think um i know that our twitter um or our media team they had a bit of a, a, a poke at it and they said um some things just look better in black and white because they took a black and white picture of them and then like posted that up so um, wow. <laughs> oh no, yeah i mean you know there's, you're always gonna see these little digs aren't you um left right and center um but no i, I think like my feelings on my, um, Javier Manquio is um, he came in at a time when we needed him as a club. I think it was, I think he came in, I can't remember if we'd just gone down off, or it might be actually when we came up and we got promoted. We, that was it, it, must be, yeah, because the Moy season was the season that we were in the championship. So um, we took him that summer. Um, and he's, you know what it is? Like for me, I think he's done what I would have expected him to do um he's never I've never thought like I don't want him in the team I think until you had like hearing Trippier arrive and there's no way he's getting in that side ahead of him um always felt like he did a decent job for us he could play on the left he could play on the right um at the back um and he's got one of those moments uh, for us as a club where it was the turning point for us really under how um he made a mazy run where it leads away made this mazy run um Got forwards was about to pass the ball forward, got taken down for a free kick. John John Joe Shelby scores the free kick. We win that game one 0 I think if we don't win that game, we probably don't stay up. I, I think it's that big, and then what happened last season? Of course, you you know we you can't qualify for the Champions League from the Championship. I saw so here, so you know pull <laughs> you know put but pulling all that stuff together, it just shows you, doesn't it? That like it's you know. Sometimes these players can have big important moments. He's got a great goal at Man United in a game that you know we got battered in um as well. And um, as I say, I wish him all the best. I think he was a great, great player for us, but it's the right time for him to go. Um, he gets wages off the books. He's no any of the squad at the minute, minute. You know, you've got Trippier ahead of him, you've got Livermento ahead of him, you've got um even Emil Craft would get a game at right back ahead of him as well. You know, but no hard feelings to the lad. You know, he he, he did a good Service for us, and as I say, we signed him what 2017? We signed him, so you know, I mean, that's not bad service, is it really? Um, we've also had other rumored players, so um, going, so we've run a couple of polls. Um, so I've I've mentioned one already, the other one was about Kieran, what another one was about Kieran Trippier. So, um, again, so we had 104 votes for this, and the question we asked was, if you're Newcastle United, what do you do with Trippier if he wants to go to Bayern? 14% said keep it all costs, 1% said loan with a decent fee, and 85% said sell for as much as possible. But I think there's a key part of that yeah. question, which is, if he wants if... to go. Mm-hmm. Does he? I mean...
1: Our... Yeah, does he want to go, though?
0: Well, I don't think... Well, so, the the local... I think what's it's a really interesting story, this, right? So... Um the German media practically had him in Lederhosen on Saturday night, right? The, the way that they were going on. Um, but you've got to remember this is the same kind of sources that were reporting that Kyle Walker was signed in the summer. And at one point, like I think we all thought that was like happening because of how like strong it was, how strong those noises were. Um now that did change. Um, and obviously Kyle Walker's still there. And I think that was the tactics they were using again. So there was a bid in for £13 million, I think it was €15 million, and the club have rejected it. Um, That was the second bid that came in. And there's now the noises from the German media are that they're walking away and that they're not interested in pursuing. Um, Now, I think if I'm Kieran Trippier, and if Bayern Munich wanted us, um, my view would be that I would want to go because it's an opportunity to potentially challenge to win a Champions League, certainly win a Bundesliga title, um, but it just didn't, some bits just didn't add up for his anth. Mm. So he, why did he come to Newcastle? He came to Newcastle because he wanted, he said he was putting his family first and they wanted to come back to the north of England. So for me, why would you then two years later be like, well, I want to go to Germany. Now, the other question was, was that because of some of the noise about what's potentially happening in his personal life. I don't know what's going on in his personal life, but, you know, the speculation out there, um, which I'm not going to say yes or no, that I think it is or isn't happening. Um, but it just started making us those questions and go, Well, was there more happening? But if that was the case, I think he'd be digging his heels in for a move, and I think he would have had that conversation. All the noises we're getting from the North journals here are he hasn't pushed for a move, he's not like trying to force the issue. Um, he's very much committed to being at Newcastle. Um, but the difference is, is if the club wanted to, um, Accept an offer, they would have to consider that now. Callum Wilson's the other really interesting one. So, mm-hmm. this is a poll that did a lot more popularly because, um, a, a certain um account called Toon Polls retweeted this for us. Um, so NUSC fans, another player linked with a move away. Do you sell Callum Wilson this month, even if you don't get a replacement in the summer? So, 2,442 people voted on that. And it's interesting, some of the comments from some people who had seen the tweet and had commented on it. uh, What a ridiculous question. Why would you even suggest that? Right. Even if you don't get even if you don't get a replacement until the summer was the was the point. Right. So it means that you get rid of him now. You'd have to go on just Isaac. Forty nine percent of people said yes. Right. So that's that's twelve hundred fans said yes to that question. So I don't think it was a ridiculous question because it's pretty split, right? Um, But I think it should. Yeah. yeah. And I was on uh, the Truth Faith podcast at the weekend um, and we were talking about this and the biggest thing for me is is, his injury record and the fact that he made his 100th appearance the same day that Eddie Howe had his 100th game in charge. And that just shows you kind of what his injury record's been like. I love Callum Wilson. I think he's great. And do you know what it is? I, I do hope he stays. But I think it goes back to these things aren't as simple as he can score goals for you in the Premier League. Um, you've got to be available to do that. Um, he's got to be available even to try and take a bit of the burden off Isaac. So um I don't wanna see him go. But I'd understand the club if they decide to sell him, and it's the same with Trip, yeah. I don't want him to go. But I'd understand the club if they got an offer that you know, if they got an offer of over 20 million for him, could you could you blame them for, for considering that and taking that away? I think it gives you a lot off the pitch as well but I'm, I'm buzzing if he's going to stay now. Um, the other rumour, apparently TalkSport, said that was Duster in for Jamal um as well. So I think, again, that's a potential. But again, have we got enough cover at centre-half if he was to go? So lots of questions. But look, I don't think it's any coincidence that the, the CEO came out and did this presser basically saying um, these are our accounts and we might have to sell players at some point. At the start of the January window, I think, you know, you're, you're fanning the flames there. Um So, yeah, any anything you'd add to that before we talk about um the, I mean, I imagine the huge activity on the red and white side. Oh, in window.
1: It's, a, it's a non-stop sort of merry-go-round of transfer news. Not really, but anyway, and the fees that are being bandied around, and like wins compared, obviously, Premier League. But um, no, obviously, the financial fair play, I, I watched a little bit about it and they were discussing it and they were saying, obviously, will it will it be, will it it be come from... Because tw- I think you're okay up to now, aren't you? With regards to the financial fair play and all that and blah, blah. You talked about yeah. last week. I
0: think, well, I think we're on the... I, I mean, <laughs> I think we're better than we make out. I, I think mm-hmm. we do that thing of, of we try and make it look like we're in a worse position than we are because mm-hmm. what you don't want is for clubs to turn around and be like, I want another 10 million on top of that. you know. So I think we very much try and play the... We're paupers, we've got nothing in the bank and all of this kind of thing. But I think we've got some room to do something if we wanted to.
1: <laughs> Most definitely. Bags of money. But, um, yeah, I mean, is the, they were saying about will the, the 23-24 season. Is that going to come into the equation? There's a, a, lot, a lot of sort of, I don't know, uncertainty. I don't know. I'm a bit confused by it all, to be honest with you. I know you're a bit more knowledgeable than me when it comes to that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean to be fair, Newcastle have have done well not to pay over the odds for players because obviously, being banded around as the richest club in the world, you're there to be you know um, taken advantage of when it comes to like well overpriced players etc. So done well to keep keep the prices well. I was going to say down, but you know when you compare them, the, the comparatively, that we're paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think we've only I think the only player that we've paid more for than we really wanted to was Alexander Rizak. Um, mm-hmm. paid seventy million um euro for him um now i think you would you would say haven't seen him a couple of weeks ago at your place that he's not a bad little player mm-hmm. um and he is and he is a he's a he's gonna be a world class player for us and um but yeah i think apart from that you're right i think it, but it goes back to we're not the richest club in the world with we've got the richest owners and there's a massive difference you can't you can't do what man city did in two thousand and eight and come in on transfer deadline day and be like, right, we're going to just go and buy Rubinho because we can. Um, and and then they literally, you know, they did what Chelsea did in 2003. Chelsea just bought the rest of the players that weren't signing for Arsenal, Man United. That's who Chelsea bought. And then Man City kind of bought the rest of the players underneath that. Um, but now the rules are such that it almost protects them. And I, I could, yeah, I could go on a massive rant about why psr is there and and you know actually is that going to help but i think that's probably one for another day and uh, probably one that we'll do a bit of a special show on uh when we can talk about psr and talk about the differences between the financials i suppose in the championship as well because i think that's a it's a big talking point um so yeah any so anything going on red and white side in terms of transfers anth there's, there's a whole list of names, some of them pretty unrealistic.
1: Again, young players with sell-on value if we can sign them. Apparently, Speakman's gone on record and said that we need a midfielder, discussed it the other week, a central midfielder, creative midfielder. Obviously, need, we need a striker. There's, there's not much on the with regards to, to, to Kiefer Moore. Um, I don't know what's happening there. I know, obviously, he was allegedly having talks with Cardiff. We talked about that the other week. But yeah. nothing new with regards to that. Um, lots of young players, lots of players from overseas. They've obviously done the scouting and lots of players rumoured to be going on loan. Um, interesting to know that Jay Stansfield, who we weren't interested in signing uh, before the season started, but obviously he opted for Birmingham. Um, yeah, apparently he's rumoured to be on our radar yet again, um, because obviously Birmingham, I don't think it's worked out quite the way it, the thought it was going to work out when I mean, he scored some goals. He's played quite well actually, but um, I, I don't think that'll come to fruition. I think once Mowbray gets them ticking over, I think he'll, he'll get them playing good football.
0: Well, so, yeah, and if Mowbray was interested <laughs> in him before, surely now he's got him there, he's he's landed on his lap, well, so maybe that's well exactly, a yeah. exactly. But um, obviously, Callum Styles, the Barnsley
1: the um, midfielder. I think he played wing back as well. Um, the one about a loan until the end of the season. I don't quite understand that. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know if he's in talks, actually. Uh, that's the rumour. So, there's another one. Um, Jamie Tettier, who, obviously, plays for Sunderland. I don't know what's happening with him. He's on the bench the other week, but apparently he's, he's going to be off on a permanent move sometime in the near future. But the list of names we've got, I mean, some of them. Um, we've got West Ham striker Mu Mubama. We've got um, Aston Villa midfielder Lamar Borgard. We've got Lille winger Alan Virginius. Um, we've got Leon Youngster, Skelly Alvero. I think we, I think he's been bandied around a three point five four million pounds worth, so we'll not get him. Uh, Ali Al Hamadi for one point five. I know it's not a lot of money in the Premier League, but to us, it's a
0: lot. Um, is that the guy? Is that not the guy that Steve Bruce has signed like sixty-seven times? The um, <laughs> the, the, the right back who played for Hull and played for Villa. Oh, Yes, is, I remember. Is that not remember. him? Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> well, there's um, honestly, there's so many players, but Al. Ali Al-Hamadi, uh, 1.5 million from Wimbledon. But apparently there's Leeds United interested in him. So, you know, there's there's some other big championship clubs interested. Uh, Pete Rowinger, Kwame Poku. um, Luton Town striker John McTee's name's come up a few times. Um, So, yeah. And uh, apparently, is it Notts County forward Macaulay Langstaff who used to play for Gateshead, who's been absolutely banging them in? Yeah
0: so yeah he was he was prolific in um County's county season last year when any other year they would have won the league but they had Wrexham mm-hmm. and both of them got over 100 points didn't they in the league and Unreal, that. Um, so is he still he's still in county isn't he at the minute he is apparently peterborough
1: yeah. invested as well um so i mean he might be worth a punt i, don't, I think he's 25 26 maybe so and if he's
0: you know, any if he's from up here anth as well there might be a, a bit of a pull to to mm-hmm. come back to the region as well because I think yeah. the northeast feels like one of those regions once you've been there and you like and you go about and see what else is there you're going actually you know let's get home so uh, an yeah. element there too might be a bit of a pull um okay so. Um, the other bit on transfers, really quickly, um, Miggy Almiron um, has been linked uh, with a move to Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's a couple of clubs interested. I think there was a bid around about £20 million um, that we're considering. I think we've asked for about thirty-one. I think that's what we want, um, if he's going to go. Um, I don't have any hard sources. What I would say is that uh, from people that I know, they think it's more likely that there's no departures from Newcastle in this window. Um, I think there's a lot of there is a lot of talk, there's a lot of kind of posturing. Um, but Newcastle are very much in charge of the narrative on it. And I think if they are if if someone is gonna go, um, it'll it'll be for a decent fee and it'll be like on our terms, it's not gonna be a matter of we feel like we're desperate to sell. And I think the other thing, just as a context thing, it's a very different ownership of what we had a few years ago. If we sell, we know it's going to be reinvested in the squad. And I think that's a very different different position for yourselves where you pretty much know that part of you with staying financially solvent ultimately is that you're going to need, until you, certainly until you get back in the Premier League, you're going to need to sell players to just stay kind of afloat um, and, and solvent. and But you've got to kind of take that rather than the other option of go and bust, haven't you? And it, it's trying to, it's getting that balance between ambition and survival um, and how you get there, mate, I suppose. Um Right. So I have got a question and it's, it's a Newcastle based question again, so I apologize. But um, if you're ready, how are you going to prioritize Fulham in the FA cup on Saturday? or are you going to prioritise Aston Villa on Tuesday night away in the Premier League?
1: Oh, It's a tough one, that, you know. I, I think you, you, you've still got it in years to win an FA Cup or get to an FA Cup final. I really do, honestly. Um, I mean, obviously, the league's the bread and butter side of it, and obviously, you know, results haven't been kind. And, you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But I would think he, he'd want... The team to perform on a level for both matches. To be fair, I'm, I'm you know, you would you would assume that. Well, for, for definite, but I would say the FA Cup. I would, I would say the FA Cup. I think these have got it in is to to at least get to the final. If it's this season, if not this season, next season, season after, possibly.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very much of the opinion that this should this. This is a very important game for us, and, and I talked about this before the derby, didn't I? For me, what made it a really important game is that was the FA Cup. Um, first and foremost, yes, there's the, the derby element, and it's important, and you want to win and you want to have those bragging rights, which it's lovely to have. I've, I've had a really nice, relaxing month at work as a result. Um, but you know, I, I, but in all seriousness, you know, the FA Cup is is a competition that we can win. We've not won a trophy since 1969. We've not won a domestic trophy since the 50s. Um, So we need to get ourselves into a position if we're going to be a serious club who's in the top six, challenging for Europe, challenging for trophies. We need to get to a point where we win that first one and that's when it kicked off for Man City. When Man City won the FA Cup, that's when it kicked off for them. Uh, They won the league the following year on goal difference, but they still won the league and they were never out of the top four after that. That was it. They'd they they, they they'd done what they needed to do to attract players, um, but also really kind of get behind that fan base. And I really want us to be in a position... I'd love to see us win a trophy when we're still on the journey. And I think this is a key thing at the minute. Like, look, we're not going to be talking about which players are going to be... Good. We will sell players, but it's not going to be a concern about certain players going out because the quality will be there. I mean, look at Man City as an example. They sold Mares and Laporte in the summer um for big money to saudi but ultimately that they then reinvest that money in other places um you know someone like doku who's you know a sensation in the league um and i think the point i'm trying to make is um you get to a point don't you where actually it stops being that journey that you're on and you're there and then you turn up every week and the expectation is is that you win and you're only happy if you're in the top four and you've got to get through to at least the quarterfinals of the Champions League, otherwise it's a failure. And we're not on that journey at the minute. At the minute, there's still a lot of jeopardy there. So I'd love us to win something when that jeopardy's there and it still feels magical and it still feels like something close to what the football club represents. And I think, don't get me wrong, I'll be on this journey for as long as I live, but I want a, feel like we've won it before we get to that stage and you've got you know the, the chance for someone like Jamal LaSalle or Dan Byrne to lift that trophy um you know that that's the magical bit and that's the bit that you know I, I attach myself to so yeah I'm, I'm I'm absolutely with you I'm a bit of a traditionist I've said for years that you know I would take relegation and win a trophy um I probably wouldn't now just because of the size of the club and and where it can get to um, but I certainly would have under the Ash D It's just like, you know, what what else we've got to be joyful about? You know, let's go and try and win something. So, um, you know, if you offer me 17th and the FA Cup now, I take it. Hands down. No argument. So um that's the biggest game. That's that's the answer. Uh, <laughs> um, how are you feeling about Stoke at home on um Saturday? Ugh. Just that
1: noise I made, basically. Um, <laughs> it'll be a nice homecoming for Gooch, and I think he'll get a fantastic reception. He's, he's always got good things to say about the club. It'll be nice to see him back at the Stadium alight, and he'll get the reception he deserves. More than likely, he'll score against us. That's what always happens with Sunderland. So I don't want him to be made to feel too welcome during the 90 minutes beforehand, yes. So, yeah, it's a funny one. It would have been a lot spicier if a, if a former manager of ours had still been in charge. But unfortunately, or fortunately, he's not so, oh and was, yeah. <laughs> yeah no that, that would have been interesting but um but well, that didn't pan out very well last season did it but um we got absolutely spanked so yeah and um, dwight,
0: dwight gale doing the old going down going up uh, celebration as well wasn't
1: yeah it? yeah <laughs> right so i'm a, i'm a bit sort of meh about it and i'm a bit non-plussed by it and do you know what I, I, I when i feel like that i always feel a little bit ashamed of myself being a a and supporter, and um, you know, like like you said earlier, you're on this journey for life now. And it's our birthright. It's my son's birthright, even though he lives in York now and he's got a York accent. He was born here, and that's that. So yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I, can't, I just can't predict how we're going to play, what tactics we're going to play. I can't. I can't predict the result, and I don't feel very optimistic. And. After Mowbray being in charge, I feel, again, a bit ashamed to say that because you always want your team to win. You should always feel positive, but I've had nothing to feel positive about since he's taken charge, to be honest.
0: No, I, I mean, he got a couple of decent results, didn't he, just before the derby. And I think you were building a bit of momentum. Um, and then the derby defeat hit. And don't get me wrong, look, <laughs> you know, in did some fans said it before, whether they've thought it or not, but they said, you know, up against the Premier League club, really, you need to come here and spank where to, to make it look like anywhere half decent for you. It's a free hit, all that. There was loads of talk like that. But I think deep down, I think it must have been really difficult for you to watch that and be like, that's how far behind we are. Um, After having been, you may not have been the better sides when you played us, but you, you know, but you un- unbeaten an eight and beat with six times in a row. So, that must be hard. And I think, you know, we, we talked about it. The, the significance of that derby for both managers was massive. Eddie Howe doesn't win that derby. There's serious, serious questions. And I think there's questions about whether he'd still be at the club now. Um, whether that's right or whether that's wrong, um, those questions would have been asked. Um, and I don't think it's helped Michael Beale that game being in the middle of it. Because I think if he just had the championship season to deal with, and Yes, an FA Cup tie against a random Premier League side. If you get beaten by Man City at home 3-0 or get beaten by um Villa at home 3-0, no one it's it doesn't have the same impact as losing to us 3-0 at home. Um and I think that's a, a challenge that he's also haven't overcome because people will possibly go back to that game, despite the fact you know, you're playing against a team that played in the Champions League this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not really a fair assessment of whether he's capable now I don't watch enough of his to judge whether um whether your fans are right or not about whether he's good enough or not um but I do think you know yeah the manager does need some time at least um yeah yeah I think it's a big game for him I think it's a big game for the club um for yourselves so let's see how it goes um and no doubt we'll be talking about it next week um, as we all, always do. So, um, Anth, just once again, thank you very much for your time this evening and thanks to all of you again for listening. We're going to be back next week to review all three games our clubs are involved in in the preview Preview Newcastle United's home game versus Luton on Saturday and the We are Derby on the Sunday afternoon. All right. So this has been the North East Divide podcast. Thank you and goodbye.